friends, I'm Tanya Luna, psychology researcher and writer. And I'm Brian Luna. I know I'm an adult now because I can pre-order my own G.I. Joes. And you're listening to Talk, Talk Psych, Psych to, to me. me, a show where we take research out of the lab and into the street. Let's get into it. All right, <laughs> I shall. So today's episode is going to be one of several on the same theme. Oh, all right. I like that. What, the last time we did the... Sins. Sins. Yeah. yeah. And right now I got to tell everyone, uh, listeners, if you hear any grumbling, for some reason my stomach is doing flip-flops because I'm having my morning Dr. Pepper and I think it's all excited. So uh, I don't yeah. think morning Dr. Pepper is a thing. You uh, said it like I'm having my morning coffee uh, or my morning from, oatmeal. You're not from Texas, so no, let's... It's, it's true. Let's... Uh, yeah. It's true. I thought when you said morning grumblings, I thought you were like, and I'm still cranky. <laughs> I don't wake up cranky. You know that. No, yeah, that's true. You I wake do. up You always really wake up. Excited. Any side yeah. of the bed you're on is the red side. Yeah, of the bed. yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not a morning cranky person. So, any idea what packet? How many, of well, let topics? me tell you, how many, par, how many parts Ooh, is this? You I don't want to answer that I, question. Well, come on, this is a court. Five plus. Five plus? Five and maybe one or two extra. So, seven. Um, seven deadly sins. What else? Seven. <laughs> well, it's definitely not geography. Five, definitely five and possibly more. No, it's I not know. geography. What's five of geography? Well, seven. The five states that matter. <laughs> That's not even geography. Oh. <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be talking about the psychology of our senses. Oh, well, mm. I learned that there aren't just five senses. Well, that's why I said oh, five sh- and perhaps more. Isn't... How do you feel about that? Do you have? I love it. I sense that this is going to be a good episode. Do you have a favorite sense? Yes. Um, what is your favorite okay, sense? Okay, if I had to, pr- if I had to put one sense over all of it, I have to say I love smell. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Oh shit! Did you just say that because I did? I said it first. Yeah, this is a choose your own adventure episode. No, so. no, no, no. Seriously, was it really? Because I'm. We could go back to that precognitive. When thing. I think of you, I think of smell. So uh, I- <laughs> um, let's back well, up. Would you tell our, our dear listeners what your whole thing is with smell? I have a very acute sense of smell. Yeah, you're a super smeller. It's. I'm a super smeller. I'm a super taster. Um, but my sense of smell is on point. Like I remember smells like animals remember smells like yeah. i can remember what someone smells like uh from years and years ago yeah. i remember my first grade teacher's perfume wow and when we were in ireland recently someone walked by me while we were at the gaiety That's theater right and i was like i snapped around to see if i could see mrs Kleipas and nothing she wasn't there but wow. i was like oh that's that's the smell i hear legend has it that you your sense of smell has been used to identify <laughs> objects so to determine who left something. We were, we were, I was at dinner with a bunch of friends and we were all at dinner. We used to meet all the time, hang out. And my friend Brooke got up and she went to the bathroom while we were all leaving. Uh, she always did that when the check came. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brooke, Brooke is awesome. Brooke. Brooke DeMarco. No, no, no. Brooke DeMarco was on point. So um, she went to the bathroom and we're all getting ready to leave. It was cold outside and someone's hat was on the, on the table and uh, I think it was Charlotte was like, whose hat is this? And I grabbed it and I smelled it. And I went, <laughs> oh, this is Brooks. And I, it was so normal, y'all, that I didn't think anything of it. It was normal to you. To me. And to so when I, when I looked up, everyone was staring at me like I was a psycho, like I was going to kill Brooke. Because like, you obviously I'm steak. Cat- yeah. Like, cataloged. <laughs> but I knew, I was like, no guys, you don't understand. I know all of y'all sense. And that didn't make it any better. All of a sudden more questions came up. That goes on the but... list of non-comforting <laughs> things to say. <laughs> okay. So, so let's start with, now that we know this is a very personal topic yes. for you and a skill of yours mm-hmm. or a curse, I don't know. Curse. Uh, the, the first thing I'd love to do is just to do a super quick kind of overview okay. of smell. Okay, so smell is thought to be the oldest of our senses, meaning it was likely the first of our senses to emerge. 
Interesting. How do they know that? Based on where it is in the brain oh, and based wow. on looking at other species that we have some relationship to. So when we, because like, you know, we look at things, we uh, see images and we store those images in our memory so we can identify them later, right? Yeah. How big is that compared to the smell, like where we keep smells? Is that? Yeah. So for example, we can catalog probably in the millions of colors and sounds Mm -hmm. or tones and in the trillions of scents. Oh, wow. So what would your guess be in terms of... Trillions of scents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many different types of smells do you think we can distinguish between? Well, there's the... There's the... (laughs) uh, (laughs) How many different types of smells? Yeah. I, I mean infinite well i mean like what do you what's a type of smell okay like a bad smell and a good smell so or I'm fragrant give you, floral i'm gonna give you a thing to smell okay uh, we're gonna just get <laughs> right in eyes. there with some experiments uh yeah yeah okay. go ahead and close your eyes okay. yeah so bit, bit, amy i'm telling you right now if there's poop in here <laughs> I'm gonna be, if it's rumbles poop i'm gonna be just to clarify very... friends a rumbles our dog <laughs> she's been having a lot of accidents lately she just had surgery there's a lot of poop in our house, <laughs> or poop scent. Okay, I'm gonna spray something okay. on your hand. Is it gross? Because it's gonna I be there so. all day. It's, all it's right. not poop perfume. All right, okay. my eyes are closed. Oh, you missed okay. my hand completely. <laughs> Just go ahead and sniff it, and try to describe that for me using woodsy, words. woodsy. Okay, a little um, not sour, but a little like tangy. Uh, not citrus either. Hmm. Um, almost smells like breath. Uh, you know, like whose whose breath is woodsy and citrusy? Well, no, no, no. Like, like an elf? Someone, no, someone ate like a log or something. <laughs> I guess we hang out with um. a lot of dogs. <laughs> that was really good. Um, so I'm going to tell you what this what these smells actually were. Okay. So you smelled flower essence, silver, rose, and blue German chamomile. Or chamomile. 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 Chamomile is what they say in some other country we've never been to. But I did smell the rose is part of that woodsy thing. Yeah. And it, and it's like, but it smelled like old rose. That's why it smelled a little sour. Mm. Like it's like when you know when you have roses that are just a little past their prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roses that are a little past their prime. Yeah. So the official um, there are officially ten categories of scent that scent professionals use. I have about fourteen. But keep going. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Maybe maybe with you it's it's the bonus. <laughs> 14. So they are woodsy slash resinous. Mm-hmm. So you use metallic. You use that. Because uh, mm-hmm. I can smell blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is a normal thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so interestingly, metallic isn't on the list. Chemical but is wait, on the list. How can metallic? Because I can smell rust. A lot of people can smell rust. A lot of people can smell. Um, uh, well, let me like, let me like let me read you this iron. list, okay, and then okay. tell me tell me if you feel okay based so on your own expertise, okay, woodsy or, or resinous, uh-huh. fragrant slash floral, yes, fruity non citrus, uh-huh. lemony slash citrus, yes. Then we have minty, yes, sweet, yes, chemical, uh-huh. pungent, chemical pungent kind of can go together, but mm, yeah, they, okay, they're categorized as two okay. separate things, and like uh, sulfur is pungent, but it's also chemical. Oh, interesting. Okay, I think pungent is like is maybe like poop. Like it like it like fills a room. That's sweet. Just kidding. <laughs> Keep going. Decayed. Uh-huh. That's kind of what you were Rotting like slightly flesh. decayed. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Oh. Okay. Uh-huh. You were saying rose, but flesh also. Yeah. And then the last one is popcorn. That's its own thing. Yeah, its own thing. Because I, I guess, guess so. like you. It's can't... such a strong smell, and you know this from. I love popcorn, but 
I can't be around popcorn too much. I can't like be in the same room. That's how and I feel you... about you sometimes. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you, but like when we have popcorn, we we don't watch, we don't have popcorn with movies very often. It's very. Is that because you can't? Yeah, it's you... because the smell. Peanut butter is the same way for me. Oh. So peanut butter is so strong that uh, when I was in the first grade or fifth grade, we were making peanut butter cookies huh. in class, and we got a glob of peanut butter, and they had the oven going in the in the the school kitchen. And we were going to make our own shapes and then they put them in there and we got to eat it. But I had to leave the class. Because it was too because strong. Because it was too strong for me. I wonder if that's kind of sweet and pungent together. I don't know. Yeah, probably. All right, let's do another little experiment, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you this and please just describe it okay. to our listeners. No, you open oh, your eyes. Open my... Oh my gosh. So we just bought, uh, it's a, it's a pumpkin cookie from a local orchard okay. around here. So I didn't tell you to open oh, it. Sweet. Open that bag. Uh, okay, you can go ahead and open that bag. Yeah. But what I'd like you to do is take a bite of that pumpkin cookie with your nose closed. All right, go ahead and chew it. Okay, does it change the flavor at all? No. No. <laughs> okay, take another bite. A small bite, small bite. We don't have all day. Now smell it. Smell it oh. all the way. Take a good, good whiff. Mm-hmm. Okay, chew again. No change in flavor? No. Fascinating. All right. Well, maybe it's this whole super taster thing. So it turns out that our taste buds alone can detect only a small number of flavors. Mm-hmm. Now, when we talk about taste, we'll talk about super tasters, which you are. You are you know, officially diagnosed mm-hmm. super taster. So maybe you can taste more. But for most people, there's a very small number of flavors. So most of food flavor comes from chewing and while we're chewing we're actually sending Smelling, right? scent molecules to our olfactory center so i heard someone because i hate onions we've established that many times on yes. this on this podcast and i will stand by that in fact onions. i think it's like one of the core themes of this podcast uh-huh. i would say so like it was going to be called originally uh, like shout onion at me but <laughs> it it onion is probably one of the worst scents and flavors to and you. textures on the planet no <laughs> on the planet i'd Objectively. say i'd say 96 percent of all people that are alive don't like onions. Okay. If you do like them, welcome to that 4%, y'all. Interesting. Uh, it's a very yeah, large Yeah, I would say if we look at market dynamics, <laughs> there would be some evidence contrary to your point, but let's, let's, let's move yeah, forward. Yeah, but you can't trust market dynamics. Later in this know. episode, we might even talk about research on what is the what is actually the worst scent ever. Okay, okay, awesome, because I think it's armpit. But so the the um the thing about onions is that someone told me that they don't have a taste, they only have a smell. Yeah. And I I will differ with that a hundred times because they do have a taste. I mean, maybe there's just something that you're tasting that others don't, but but it is true that onion and apple, for example, and potato all taste very, very similar if you can't huh, smell them. What? No, they feel similar. No, they taste similar. You think an apple and a so potato So listeners, taste please go same? ahead, take a big old crunchy bite out of an apple and out of an onion. Out of an apple, onion, and, 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 a, and a potato, and, and you a tell potato. me. And that, the flavor is, is quite similar. That's bananas. Okay, so that's a quick primer on our sense of smell in general. Do you say primer or primer? No one says primer and no one says chamomile. <laughs> we'll keep a running list so so you know so you could pass for human down the road uh, okay uh, uh so primer mm-hmm. there you go on smell uh now i'd love to dig into the psychology of smell today we're going to be talking about odor evaluation mm-hmm. smell and memory <laughs> social odors and the relationship between our sense of smell and our well-being. Social order odors. <laughs> <laughs> social odors. Um... Okay, we're going to start. 
This could get, this is going to be rough. This could be the one that gets me canceled. Okay, go ahead. Social orders. Okay, so let's start with, no, we're not going to start with social orders, odors. We're going to start with odor evaluation. Okay. Okay. You've had your, you've had your choose your own adventure powers. We're talking smell. Our ability to tell good and bad smells apart. Very likely an adaptation for our species survival. Okay. Right. Can can you think of important applications of smell for our Uh, ancestors? Predator poop. Predator so, poop? like, uh, knowing the difference between <laughs> pig poop and dog poop, or, or like, uh, deer poop and wolf poop. Y'all, it is so creepy to <laughs> walk outside with my husband, because we'll just be walking and he just freezes, and then he'll, he'll like, put his cute little nose up in the air. And it's not like my nose. Like, my nose is, like, long, and it looks like, oh, that's a sniffer. His nose is, like, cute and flat. And, and he'll, like, poke his little nose up in the air, and he's like, predator. Predator nearby, or you'll be like, or was. I think an animal has just given birth. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so okay, predators. Um, but also, I can smell when like a bunch of deer have been lying, yeah, in the ground, especially yeah. in, the, in the wet grass. I'm convinced I could smell when pigs are happy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we can because they let off that that a uh, weird um, it's nutty, like a maple, smell. yeah, like a maple smell. Like, yeah. I was gonna say nutty, but it is like maple syrup. Yeah. Um, and with dogs, when dogs are happy, they emit a certain scent as well. Yeah, like yeah. it's, it's, it, they all smell the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So applications so, for our ancestors. So predator poop. To know what, what's around that you can either handle or can't handle. Yep. I would imagine that our ancestors learned really quick what a bear, what bear poop smells like. Why are you so into the poop? Like, why do you have to be smelling the poop versus well, because, like the animal itself? Because you can't always smell a bear around. Okay. But you know if a bear is hunting okay. near you. Yeah. Um, the other applications I would think would be, uh, are, are things going to be dangerous yeah. uh, to... For sure, danger and yeah. risk. Oh, like and you... smelling water. Like smelling uh, um, oh, uh, um, yeah. uh, any type of like water source to know where to go and also know if a storm is coming mm. uh, to take shelter. Uh, if there's, cause wow, I can, yeah, 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 yeah. I can smell the, the moisture in the air. Yeah, you so. sure can. Yeah. <laughs> you can smell the weather. I have my app. I have Alexa and I have Brian Luna. <laughs> so yeah. And, and possibly like even things like food, like, is this food safe to eat? For mm-hmm. example, do you think there's such a thing as a fundamentally bad smell? Yeah, of course. A fundamentally bad smell. Yeah. That, that is, um, like everyone would agree this is a terrible smell. Yeah. <sighs> Yes, but except scavengers, because I think rotting meat. Oh, is... let's go for our species. Okay, our species, uh, rotting meat. So the fascinating thing is that research points to know what is seen as bad or good varies by individual and especially cross cultures. So with positive and negative associations, usually learned at around age eight. Before uh, age eight, a little kid will smell rotting meat or poop, and they don't think it's bad. What eight-year-old doesn't think poop smells bad? <laughs> Show me that little weirdo. Show me that little weirdo that's like, hey, mom, look what I found. Can like, you think of examples of polarizing scents? Polarize Poop. No, uh, polarizing. Oh, oh, like polar- oh, like oh, some uh, people love the smell and some bread. people are like, bread? Bread. Some people hate the smell of bread. Get out of here. Yeah. Who doesn't so, like the smell of bread? Your mom. What? I don't know. I made that up. Uh, How, but uh, pizza. What? Everyone, yeah. Okay. You're, no. Everyone likes the smell of pizza. Everyone Not everyone likes the, likes smell, the of bread. smell of bread. And I was like, I was cotton thinking- candy. <laughs> <laughs> now, milkshakes. I used to hate the smell of milk. milk. That's one milk, of those things that that's probably I, I think pretty is pretty polarizing. polarizing. I was thinking about your cheese story. Uh, oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, <laughs> so you want me to tell a story? Or you yeah, want... go for so, it. So uh, our, our dear friend Ashley Albert has a company called um, the, matzo the, the Matzo Project. And it's one... gourmet artisanal matzo. Yeah, artisanal matzo. It's, I'm not uh, of 
you know, Jewish religion or anything like that, but it's really good snacks. Like it's really This episode good. is brought to you by <laughs> No, no, no. Seriously, like I I was <laughs> Ashley, I, give us some money. <laughs> when I, when I cuz I helped uh, one day, I don't even know how much I helped, but uh, I helped cut them into chips the like the, the dough yeah like as they came down the conveyor belt it was pretty badass she asked me to do it and i was cutting and then i was eating them later i was eating the same chips i think you're getting confused and telling the wrong story though okay so let, that's just backstory so here we go so <laughs> then she um the, at the jacob javits they have like a comic-con for food uh, the fancy food show fancy food show and it's like a big deal people love to get in they asked me to help tend the booth like just hand out snacks and stuff and i was like piece of cake i'd love it and um and Ashley was like, you know, it's break time. Why don't you go get something? I was like, well, I don't know. I don't want to leave the Javits because so far she's like, Brian, you're at the Fantastic Food Show, whatever it's Fancy called. Food Fancy show. Food Show. Um, there's snacks all over. Like you're you're in a world of snacks. And I was like, oh my god. She's like, there's a whole floor dedicated to cheese, y'all. <laughs> I love che- uh, y'all. I thought I loved cheese. <laughs> I was like, mozzarella cheese is my jam. A whole floor for mozzarella cheese and such. So I, I, I went upstairs and there was this huge, it was the most crowded part of the of the floor. And there were this huge people, like all these people around this one little area. And I was like, that must be where like the pizza cheese is. That must be where people are going. So I, I, I worm my way up to the front. Uh, I, I, you know, I push and shove and I get to the front of the edge and I was like, oh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not tall, so I'm like short. So I'm usually at armpit level for people. Oh, no. And I was like, oh no, this is, oh no. How are you going to come to the fan, 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 fantastic food show, fancy, fancy food, food show, show but I like and, fantastic as a and not, and not have deodorant or nothing. You know, like, how can you do that? You leave the house. Everyone's nice. It looks yeah. nice. And I looked down and right in front of me, it wasn't a table of cheese. It was a cheese table. Oh god! It was a it was a it was a, a big table made, out, made of out of cheese. Oh my god! And people were scooping their little spoons in and eating this funky cheese. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what it was. It and was, they weren't wearing deodorant. And they weren't wearing deodorant. Probably, <laughs> honestly, it, I would have taken armpit over what that cheese smelled like. And they were putting it in their mouths, and obviously pre-COVID. Um, but I was so... This I was, could, in fact, how the COVID pandemic started. And I started. couldn't get out because everyone was forcing their way to the front to oh this, my God, to this to nasty cheese funk cheese. And I was trying to get out. I was going against the grain. <laughs> and it was the it was like a night... Y'all, it was like a freaking nightmare. I couldn't get out. It was everything. And he was like, na 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 And the room was spinning. And I couldn't get out. And finally, I got back. And, and Ashley, it took me 30 minutes to get back. And I was oh so gosh. queasy and Ashley was like, did you find something? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to eat some more of the, your matzah. So I just opened a bag of matzah and that was all I could oh stomach. Oh my gosh. It was the grossest. And I and the fact that people were waiting in line and fighting. So polarizing. Yeah. There yeah. were people that were like, oh, I need to get to that cheese it table. It was the, it had, it had chunks of stuff in it. it. So it looked like regular cheese. And on the outside, it had like this orange um, kind of skin. Uh, uh, sorry. Okay. It had like okay. an orange skin, and then, but it had flecks of stuff in it, brown stuff. <laughs> and I, I was like, everyone else sees this, right? Like no one else is picking around the brown stuff, like it's bad. I, I thought it was mold, and I, I was like, I don't understand where I am right now. It was, it was like a, a Twilight Zone episode. So researcher Pamela Dalton 
actually set out to find the world's worst scent. She and should have gone to Fantastic Food Show. Well, I want, I want to see. Like, let's see if what she found was that Jeez. it was this cheese table. So she <laughs> wanted to find an odor everyone around the world could agree was really bad. Oh, well, then this wasn't it. Okay, so this was clearly polarizing. Yeah. In fact, maybe not even polarizing. You were the, you were in the minority there. Mm-hmm. Any guesses what the worst smell in the world might be? Yeah, isn't it? I think there's some kind of like bug or something that emits like it's called like the the rotting flesh or something. Oh, no, it's a flower. It's a, it's a it's a flower that that smells like rotting that flesh. smells like rotting flesh. So she looked at rotting flesh. She looked at like burnt hair, unfamiliar human poop. Which, by the way, like unfamiliar I love. human. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you, yeah, that's polarizing to me. So the winner ended up being what she called a stench soup, which was a combination of different kinds of sulfur and a little bit of feces. Oh, well, that's, I mean, you can, cre- I'm th- I thought she was talking about man-made, like natural existing. No, she wanted, she was like sampling. Oh, so I didn't know you She was talking- sampling little bits and pieces yeah. of what everyone agreed. But like just poop alone or just sulfur alone didn't cut it. You needed to mix yeah. the sulfur and the poop. Sulfur was really tough for me in chemistry class. That, uh, like smelling that, I could smell it. It, everyone That's was like, like the oh, rotting yeah. egg smell? Rotten egg, yeah. Ah. So <laughs> the tricky thing is that even then, with the stench soup, it's likely that young kids would have to learn that that smell is bad. So insight number number one about... Wait, wait. So you tell me there's some kids out there that'll smell poop and sulfur and, like, and hmm. be like, oh, all right, I can I Well, can think about like things like gasoline or things like, you know, moldy cheese or even... You know, well, what about vomit? Yeah, like, like vomit, the, like, I know, like stomach this acid. Is what's so weird is that because we're such That's an not... adaptive species, again, insight number one is that our sense of smell is was and, and perhaps still is key to our survival, hmm. but because it's a really good teacher. So it helps us quickly form these good, bad associations. Hmm. But it doesn't seem that we're born knowing what's good and bad. Because we're so adaptive as a species, it's important to not kind of be born threatened by or drawn to specific things we need to learn in our context and in our culture in our environment what's good or bad so when you have someone like a sommelier with wine where do they get off (laughs) (laughs) like who are they who are you to decide who are you to decide like oh this is good because of the way i smell it well that's why wine is such a tricky area i don't think it is a lot of people feeling uh, like feeling intimidated because they're like, I don't, this doesn't taste good to me. Or like, yeah. this doesn't smell special to me. I guess there's something wrong with me. Well, sorry, sommeliers, but I don't think there's any evidence that there's a, a fundamentally good. No, it's like, wine. it's, it's a reviewer, right? Yeah. It, it, it's essentially what it is. It's a, it's a, um, like a Google reviewer or, you know, someone who's just like <laughs> absolute shit. I'm so sorry to the know. profession of wine sniffing, but or, or I don't care. I like, I'm not, I, I don't it's like any, any reviewer is not, is not law. But it, I it's, don't it's know. The, you're, you're paying for this one person's opinion. Opinion, Yeah. Yeah. For whatever. What I will say is I think that the service that wine sniffers, I'm saying that cause was it sommelier? I'm not, I don't want to. Sommelier. Sommeliers. Yeah. yeah. That they provide is they create a language for wine. So it creates this kind of capacity to evaluate it and find what you like. That sounds like marketing <laughs> because they, did you hear what you just said? They create a language for wine. Well, they put wine. words to something that otherwise would be like, good, bad. And what's wrong with that? Good. <laughs> well, because what if I go, oh, what I've learned is that I like a woodsy wine. Because what smell is, it's not like uh, like what, what that lady was doing where she was trying to find this, this complete thing. Mm-hmm. 
smell goes back to your past. So it brings you somewhere mm. just like taste does. <laughs> but but that's what I'm saying. Like a sommelier is, yeah, you could put language to it. But if I don't go to the same place you do when you drink that, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. And, and I, I again, I don't know much about wine at all. But my understanding is that it helps people start to differentiate and go, you know, oh, I like us, for example, if we let me use pizza since that's a yep. an easier metaphor for you or an analogy, like a spicier sauce versus a sweeter sauce. Sweeter sauce. Imagine that you couldn't differentiate between spicy and sweet by being able to talk about it. So I think it gives people the ability to talk about it. All right, mm. let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm okay? just giving Tanya a look like. Yeah, you bought into it, sucker. I, I don't know. I don't drink wine, so you know. The, the, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are people who benefit, but there is also tons of you know these like blindfolded studies that show that people actually, if not told what they're drinking, prefer cheaper wine almost always to yeah. more expensive wine. So it might be a whole scam. Yeah. But you mentioned something really important, which is smell takes you back. It is kind mm. of like almost like a time travel yeah. device. So can you give me any examples of smells that trigger? specific memories for you uh uh pine trees christmas trees pine tre- yes mm-hmm. right. yeah yeah a uh, christmas tree you talk oh, a lot about uh christmas tree and paper uh take me back or tape rather the scotch tape oh, scotch is what tape. i is what i smell oh my like, gosh as soon as you said it yep i like can see myself sitting on the floor like fumbling with gift wrapping paper. As, and you could hear it you know yeah. like the way it rolls off the wheel um another thing is um uh books uh pages like when i open up an old comic book like when i buy new comics it's great but there's something about they're not printed the old comic books aren't printed on the the format paper the, mm. the fine uh glossy paper they're printed on like paper paper like yeah, newspaper it's like more like parchment yeah and when you open up an old comic it takes you back like you're i'm smelling the same pages that someone else was smelling in 1957 when wow. this comic was written or when this comic was printed it's like a portal it's a portal. It's it's a it's a portal to another dimension, and to access that, we access our memories. You mm-hmm. know, so like uh, to be able to touch something that, that that you know, like hold it in your hand and smell it. Libraries, libraries all over the world. We just went to the one in, in Ireland, one of the oldest libraries in the in the world, and uh, modern libraries. And we went in there, and it smells like the one I grew up in in Texas. Wow. Like nothing changes. You grew up it's, in a library? Yeah, I grew up in a library in Texas. I was, <laughs> that explains I was a lot. Second floor, biographies. <laughs> Under B. So, yeah, I mean, I hear you talking a lot about also like, oh, football weather mm-hmm. has a certain oh, gosh. smell. Yeah. I've been smelling lately, like we're in October now, and I'm like literally transported back to like first grade, mm-hmm. you know, like second grade, yeah, yeah, yeah. that feeling of like getting out of school. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So smell. I see, I see um, red leaves and I smell pumpkin. I was going to say smell is actually very closely linked with memory because of anatomical proximity. So sense goes straight to our limbic system mm-hmm. for processing, which is where our brains house emotion and memory, like oh, our hippocampus wow. and our amygdala and stuff like that. So that's one of the simplest explanations for why smell and memory are linked, because it's like, whoosh, it immediately goes there. And from a survival perspective, it's super important because it's your learning tool. It's like your good bad. And I would imagine that being tied to emotion is why it's an important survival tool, because I think so strong, too. you know, strong flight or flight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To so, and the smells we associate with childhood, especially around ages, you know, six through eight, and during times of intense emotion, they result in particularly vivid and long lasting memories huh. in our early childhood, because that's when we're really learning 
which scents matter most and intense emotion because that's when our brains are like, this is important. So those are like our transportation. Why I have such a a keen sense of smell? Because during that time, there was a lot of turmoil in our family. Fascinating. You know, um, and I was learning how to, you know, live as a human and, and find my way. And at the same time, going through this pretty traumatic stuff. So... That is so interesting. I, I'm wondering if that carried over. And that's that could like, be such an interesting thing to do, to do research into if it doesn't exist already. So if you compile the intensity of childhood with the intensity of trauma, yeah. does that actually escalate the extent to which we absorb smell? I also wonder if it's genetic. Because now that I think about my grandfather and my dad... You come from a long line of sniffers? A long, no, I'm serious. Like, my dad used to know something was wrong with a car uh, if, he, if he could smell it. Wow. Yeah, because we never had gauges that worked in our car, so like we didn't have an oil light. We didn't have like all these little warning lights. We never had all those. So he would smell so the he car would be, and he know would smell and he'd be like, it needs oil or something. You know, we need to change it. Wow. And, and it sounds like, A, it probably is genetic. B, it sounds like in your dad's situation, he had to learn to use his sense of smell mm-hmm. because he didn't have all these other detective tools. Right? Like, if you no, don't he have, didn't the, have detective the tools. oil. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> tools have, to you mean like a little something. hat and a magnifying glass? Pipe. <laughs> a little flashlight to shine in someone's face. No, I mean, like, if there's no indicator telling oh, you yeah, there's something yeah. wrong we with the car, you have to learn, like, trackers, you yeah. know, they don't have tools that they could use that tell them where an animal is. So you have to become really, really attentive. When I was outside with Huck earlier, Huck and I went on a little hike. Um, Who's our dog? Huckleberry's our dog, as you know, favorite. Uh, so I took her for some daddy, uh, daddy daughter t- time, and we went out to the woods, and we we're walking through there, and not the woods, woods, just like little local woods. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was every time I saw something I didn't know or I didn't recognize, I would smell it. I, w- I would like stop and make sure I could store that. And okay, I don't know what that is, but if I see it again, yeah. um, so now I can tell, I can smell when turkeys have been around. Wow! Uh, because they have like a like a, it smells like an old coat. Um, like a like not a dirty coat, like an old coat that's been kept in the closet. Do you think that's, that's because it's feathers? Probably. Yeah. Fascinating. And they keep well, warm, so they smell warm. Yeah. You know. Well, and it sounds like maybe you grew up in a culture where using your sense of smell was encouraged, and people mm-hmm. talked about again language of smell, mm-hmm. because for the most part, if you look at like Western culture, people don't really smell a lot of things other than like maybe perfume and wine and flowers. And, and maybe that's why I, I fell for you so hard because you don't wear perfume we're gonna talk about anything. that and you very rarely wear deodorant so so actually that's a mm, i actually do wear deodorant but... <laughs> i'm just kidding i just want to see if that was gonna catch it <laughs> i just want to see if you're gonna roll over that <laughs> but you don't wear perfume no i don't wear perfume yeah. or i haven't in a long time so actually this is a perfect transition to talking about social odors Ooh, there we go are we already <laughs> at social odors yeah all right okay so social odors what this refers to <laughs> is the role of scent in our relationships and interactions with others. I know about 14 people that should be listening to this right now. <laughs> can I call them? <laughs> you, well, you can pass on this, me, this episode. Text. Uh, actually, this is a perfect opportunity to pause and say, hey, if you know of someone who, who could benefit from could listening benefit to this. from this episode, <laughs> please pass it on. Leave a review and help everyone smell better. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and be better smellers. Yeah, yeah. Because here's the thing with... You know, you know, talking about smelly cheese and, and feces and stuff is like one thing, but same thing to me. understanding the importance of smell for our memory, <laughs> for our emotions and for our social connections. This is an aspect of 
who we are as a species that yep. we don't talk nearly enough about. And well, we're not allowed to. I think that, you know, once you say someone smelled or something smelled bad. It's like totally taboo. Yeah, then it's taboo or you're like, oh, that, that could be considered um, uh, inconsiderate or whatever, yeah. uh, insensitive or whatever. And like, you know what? Some people smell. Some people smell and where, where people uh, uh, live before <laughs> they moved here, that's a common smell. Well, but yeah. It depends on where you are. Again, that's social. That's yeah. socialized. It's learned. Um, right? Like, you're always telling me my mom's house smells like kasha, buckwheat, which Every, to you... And is... she hasn't cooked it in, like, three years, <laughs> and it's always kasha. And that's this is a big source of shame is smell. Also, yeah. like, as an immigrant moving to the U.S. with my food that smells, like, foreign and weird, <laughs> to me, I'm like, mm, this smells so, like, homey. And to Americans, they're like, ugh. <laughs> Every time you cook, it smells like old potatoes. And I'm like... Can we just please well, open a window? We cook old potatoes, no, so. no. Like it doesn't matter what you make. Sometimes, or when your mom brings over food, I'm like, can we just open a window, please? It smells like potatoes. All right, okay. Let's let's move on to social odors. Okay, so <laughs> I thought we were you... talking about social. <laughs> Excuse me. No, social odors refer to the role that smell or scent or odors play in how we interact with one another. Okay. Most of the time, unconsciously. So I'm going to try to recreate another little mini version of an experiment. We've actually done this experiment on you oh, many like episodes a ago. A lot of women wear a lot of women's perfumes have vanilla in it to attract. No. Oh, but maybe but I don't know about that. But oh, yeah. we're going to do something else. Okay. So for this, I'm going to ask you again. Close your eyes. Close your, close okay. your eyes. I'm going to take a, a sip of Dr Pepper. Is that okay? We're going to taste anything. No, don't take a sip of Dr Pepper because oh, okay. I don't want it to influence your smell. Okay. Okay. So, eyes closed. Yep. I'm going to open some bags. I don't know why you have to use those bags. We have so many other types of bags. Use the noisiest ones. <laughs> so, listeners, it's like you're here in the room with us. I'm opening up two bags containing two... Um, Again, you better not put anything gross in my hand. No, I won't. I'm trusting Two you. articles of clothing. Okay. One of them... Well, I won't explain yet. I'm just going to ask you to sniff each one and tell me which one <laughs> yeah. smells better. I know what this is. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Go okay. Ahead. Go ahead and give them a big sniff. Yeah. Smells like they're both scarves. Okay. <laughs> this one is. Uh, this one's been in the closet for a while, and this one smells <laughs> like it's been outside. Okay. Which one smells sexier? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say this one. Okay. Open your eyes. That's your scarf, you creep. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I was right. Yeah. So <laughs> we just recreated a, a little version of an experiment that Wait, was first. You need to wash that. If that's what you think, you thought you were going. You thought that one was going to smell sexier. I smelled your gray one. So so I gave Brian my scarf and his scarf, and he smelled them both, and he very clearly chose his own scarf. <laughs> I gotta say, I smelled I smelled them, and I thought mine smelled better. Um. Wow. <laughs> So it's a good degree of self-love where we're demonstrating like here. You, you, you wrapped Huckleberry in it or something after a rain shower. Okay, well, just to get back to <laughs> giving credit where credit is due, this research design was developed by Klaus Wiedekind and team. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> the way this experiment was actually done, we talked about this back in our Lust episode. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm pretty sure back then you also didn't think I smelled good. So... <laughs> As a reminder, the way that the original research was conducted was a bunch of straight women sniffed the shirts of different men that had worn those shirts for mm -hmm. two days. And maybe the problem is I wore this scarf for a year or two years before washing it. Um, and they rated which of the smells they found most and least sexy. Okay. Do you remember what they found? 
No. So they found that the sexiest shirts were worn by men with the most different immune system genes. So most likely because when we have gene diversity, it leads to healthier offspring. Mm. So I don't know how to explain the fact that you like your smell and I like my smell. Uh, Because I'm more diverse (laughs) than you are. So you are more diverse relative to yourself? Yeah. Fascinating. Maybe it's because we don't want offspring. Maybe so. But (laughs) (laughs) so maybe it just all goes together. But it turns out, actually, to your point earlier, that wearing artificial scents early on in a relationship can actually cause relationship problems later on because it takes away our opportunity to test our actual natural attraction to each other, which is, you're welcome, why I don't wear perfume. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I Honestly, I do. I, I Since the day I met you. Uh, you had a very nice smell, but you didn't smell like perfume. <laughs> I always thought that you smelled wonderful. I do smell wonderful. Yeah. I shower twice a day. Yeah, but no, but but that's the... I but never wear dirty t-shirts. Yeah, but you should because then maybe I would find you even more attractive. What? Because if we are chemically compatible, mm-hmm. which I don't know, based on this test, maybe not so much, but based on <laughs> our past 13 years together, I feel like, yes, then smelling each other's kind of natural gentle funk (laughs) should technically be a source of attraction yeah but i don't know i don't think so i because i do like some perfumes like there's some so the point here isn't that perfume or deodorant are bad the point is that they mask people's natural genetic and i'm happy hearing masking people's (laughs) natural i'm not saying we shouldn't i'm saying for relationships especially people who like think oils will cover up oils yeah well yeah will cover up like deodorant it doesn't work crystals doesn't work yeah well what i'm saying is if you want to find out if you're sexually compatible if you're going to be physically attracted to each other Mm -hmm. it is useful to not have distracting sense and what i'm saying is (laughs) (laughs) people could smell like old soup and there would still be people that want to have sex with them. Because they're genetically diverse. Or because they... Really like the smell of old <laughs> <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah, for sure. Yes. So this is not the only factor in attraction. Yes. For sure. But this is a very important one. And one it, that we I guess for long-lasting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because what, what for, happens for, if like, you're like, you oh, I really like this yeah, person's, yeah. you know, scent or I'm soap or whatever. I'm not one-night stance. I'm just saying, like... It's for long lasting relationships. For long lasting relationships. If you believe that physical attraction is an important part of it, early on in the relationship, yes. don't mask your scent. Mm-hmm. And okay. don't use crystals because they don't work. It's not <laughs> I've never even heard of this, crystals but let's move on. Kissing, by the way, most likely evolved to test genetic compatibility by tasting and smelling each other's pheromones and g- genetic composition. Then why is it on the mouth? Because uh, why don't I kiss it, your like your, uh, armpit um... or, or your your back <laughs> or your feet? So there's probably something in the saliva that gives you like an instant genetic like you know when, when we send our genes to like uh, 23 and Me or mm-hmm. so those genetic like you don't shove it in your armpit you put it in your mouth I don't know I'm making this up I did shove it in my armpit and I found <laughs> out I was Native American <laughs> but the I don't, that, that's actually I'm, I'm drawing that conclusion but there's probably a lot of information in our mouths and as you're kissing. You, it's very close to your nose, so it goes to your hmm. olfactory center. Do you center. think that's why we started kissing? Is because I don't think we this. This is what this evolutionary out. psychologists think. But it's sort of like you're like sniffing I'd say, each I'd other. I tell them to go back to the drawing board and come up with something else. Because like sometimes, like, like for me, it's like I have a mouth, it makes noise. You have a mouth that makes noise. Let's put our mouths together and make noise. Uh, like if I'm, if I'm you attracted, you think people to you. were like 
That's no, no, a no, great no, no. sound. I, I don't mean like make. This is where like all my communication comes from, and I'm going to put my mouth on that for you. Like I think there, <laughs> I think there's something. I think there's something a little more romantic about it than saying like I want to know about your genetic diversity. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's it's like dogs <laughs> sniffing each other's butts. Right, and we don't. We I think we would get more if we if what you're saying is true. We would evolve. Yeah, but sm- there's more butts. genetic information in the mouth than in, in the, the butt. butt. <laughs> I don't think so. I disagree. Twenty three million. Get back to us. Please. I've I've dated in the Tell past. Us if I disagree. Putting that <laughs> strip in the wrong orifice. All right. <laughs> so there are social orders. Odors. We have, we have your results. We need a phone call. Um, go ahead. So there are social odors that we need for courtship, but smell also plays an important role in other social relationships and interactions. Mm-hmm. So, for example, researchers Jonathan Williams and team studied 9,500 moviegoers watching a variety of film types. Mm-hmm. They measured natural gases emitted in the air <laughs> <laughs> using proton transfer reaction mass spectrometry and infrared spectroscopy. And using this approach, they were able to detect distinct gas changes in the air so well that they could determine whether audiences were watching a funny or a suspenseful scene in the movie. And this is why I stopped going to movie theaters. <laughs> Because of all the spectrometers and everything, I didn't need to know that someone was cutting gas in the. Not that kind of gas. Oh. It's not like people have a. a scary... I thought you were saying like a scary movie, and they're like, "Oh no, Jason!" And ha, this is so funny. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What kind of gas are you talking about? Well, Pheromones. Well, literally, our bodies, as our emotions change, the gases that are being emitted from our bodies change. But where do they they have to where do they so leave? So the way that they in the air. Where so you, what, how do gases leave your body? <laughs> in the air. Two ways. They float. You, you burp them out. No. Or it's, yeah. They they just leave your body. They emanate from your body. The way they did this research <laughs> was they actually collected air leaving the movie theater vent, and they were able to test. That all is of the that. creepiest. <laughs> My gosh, that is the cre- of all the stuff you've told me, all the researchers. This is the one I'm most embarrassed about. I'm not even a researcher. So I'm embarrassed what, for them. So, question for you: Do you think that your advanced sniffer can sniff out emotion? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know that I can with, with humans, but I know dogs can. Dogs pigs, can we smell. know pigs, pigs can, can and smell. we seem to be able to smell pig and dog fear emotion. And, yeah. So it seems Lions that humans, fear, uh, right? When so we t- tend to think of this as like a. Other but I'm sure can wait, do if there's a lion can't. in front of you, you're not like expelling gases. I'm sure if there's a lion in front of you, you're, you're pooping your pants. So <laughs> they're they're smelling the fear. It's pretty easy. It appears to be that we humans don't give ourselves enough credit for being able to sniff out each other's emotions, hmm. even when they're really subtle. It seems hmm. like we can actually sniff these feelings and when you're in a movie theater full of people it probably adds to the experience because not only are you finding the movie funny there's funny smells in the air that are making the whole experience more lighthearted for you i know this sounds bananas but it is true this is how we communicate and we don't even realize we're communicating with smell uh, I think I mentioned. So does that this work in comedy shows as well? And probably. Stuff? Oh, gross! I think we all just the went time. to a comedy club. It is not farts. It's, doesn't, it's not just farts, is what you're saying. <laughs> I'm saying it's. <laughs> I, I love that you're so frustrated. It's not farts. Like you're. T- how many times? If, if you guys think that she's only said that to me today in this, in this, in this. If I had a penny podcast. for every time I said. I was going to just say, you know, there's subtle smells and then there's what I smelled like in 2020, you know, when my business was struggling yeah. and we were in yeah. the very beginnings of the pandemic. Yeah. 
I never smelled worse in my entire life. Yeah, that's true. Like, I, I actually had to throw out clothes. And I had to rewash your T-shirts. And it didn't work. No. So evolutionary psychologists suspect that stress sweat is so pungent because <laughs> it warns our community of danger. Oh. So you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. sweat and I were providing a service. Because I got I to gotta say, when I sweat, I don't. Like when I work out and I sweat, those I don't are very stink. different types of yeah, smell. Yeah, yeah, and I don't. So stink. it turns out there's a whole like there's like sexy scent is a sweat. There's you know workout sweat. There's just like regular sweat, and then there's stress sweat, and those are completely different uh, smells that we're emitting. And it seems that again they are not just oh this this is an unfortunate mm. aftermath of being stressed. It may also be hey when I am stressed, I'm emitting that scent, and the rest of my community. They they might not even realize, oh, I am smelling sweat stress, so I should be worried. They're probably going to become more vigilant, more alert, more on their toes. And I think the older you get, the stronger your smells get as well. Like uh, While age... your sense of smell tends to decline. Yeah, yeah, but I, that, but I think, because like, when you said going to the gym, like, you know, some of the the older people in oh, the gym like have I mean, a stronger that, smell. I, that might also be confounded with things like medication or yeah, illness, for yeah. example. We our, our ability to take incense declines. Our ability to read scents declines with age. Mm-hmm. Whether we emit more scent, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if those. I don't know. I, it's it. it's curious, but with it, I, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. so let's talk about actually. Let's transition. You know, we talked about smell as being crucial to memory, to attraction, social communication. Let's also talk about smell dysfunction. One common type of dysfunction is olfactory hallucinations. Oh. And you've had these before, right? smells, yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I had my head injury, mm-hmm. um, I used to smell, when a migraine was coming on, yep. I would smell tar, oh, gasoline, wow. or like burning oil, or, or tires, wow. burning tires. And I those know. are super common. Yeah, or, or um, and I know with stroke victims, toast, almonds, oh. like those. Well, those that are, sounds like better. I mean, yeah, but you don't want that, you know, no, like, no. if you're, if you're going to ask if you want the choice, but yeah, people with head injuries, um, head in injuries past... and migraines are often associated with phantom smells, particularly, uh, burning gas fumes, garbage and rotten eggs. I never smelled rotten eggs or garbage, but I, I would smell like the strong tar and, uh, and stuff like that. And it so. can be super disorienting and, and confusing and stressful. And also very helpful. Um, when I smell those smells, it was usually like around 15, 20 minutes I had to get somewhere oh, uh, where so you I can knew like, that uh, was an early indicator. Down. Yeah. 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 I never, I never smelled that after I had my migraines. Um, cause I would get really bad ones like you, like you used to get, but yeah. I get really bad ones and, um, they were debilitating. So if I knew one was coming on when I was my freshman year, I'd go to Mrs. Reyes, uh, our, our school nurse, and she would let me you That's know, really cool. turn off the lights, let me sit in the, wow. in the room and, and I would just you know, buck it out. So you learned to recognize that that wasn't actually gas, but was actually, yeah, it took me, it took me a while. Yeah. It was cause you know, you live in Texas and there's pavements and there's tar and there's everyone's driving a car. So it was really hard to differentiate, but, um, yeah, it was, but it was helpful. So Um, helpful to, to recognize it as mm -hmm. an early indicator. Yeah. Um, perhaps even more disturbing Uh is the condition of anosmia, which is the inability to smell at all. Oh, God, that would kill me. And that's one of the symptoms of COVID-19 short term. Oh, yeah, hopefully. yeah. Oh, geez. But there are people who also either don't have or lost their sense of smell. Mm-hmm. In fact, losing your sense of smell is associated with all sorts of really terrible after effects. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, if your anosmia is long lasting, people report feeling cut off from the people in their lives sure. and the world around them, experiencing blunted emotions. Uh, and can it, it can even lead to relationship problems and depression. 
is tough. I mean, everyone always asks, would you rather lose your sight or would you rather lose your hearing? Mm. And, you know, like that's a common, you know, old uh, question people used to ask kids or whatever. And for me, losing my sense of smell without either of those, like over those, I, I can't imagine wow. because it's it's such a huge part of my happiness. Uh, but even when I walk into, like not even seeing the comic books or anything, if I walk into a comic book store, that smell that hits me, Fascinating. It, it, it puts me. I would think so. you'd be kind of open to a less strong sense of smell because there's so many smells that bother you. Not in this, not at this stage of my life. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think because I'm so used to it and it's so beneficial for me. I think. So you like find that. it like it helps you feel safer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. So there's a there's a there's a woman um, out there, and um, she claimed to have been able to smell Parkinson's. Uh, like dogs can, mm-hmm. like there's some certain dogs and even pigs have been trained, trained to smell to. Parkinson's. And, uh, and she was of the mindset that she could smell it. And so they tested her. There were t- out of 10 patients, she said seven of them had Parkinson's and of the seven, only six had the disease. Oh, but that's still so, pretty good. So they said, oh, well, obviously you just, it was like a random thing. They, they called it random. The seventh person ended up getting Parkinson's two years oh later. Oh my gosh! So it's 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 this weird thing. I, where if I, you I can... wonder if it's underutilized. Like maybe all Absolutely. of us can learn to smell Absolutely. things. Like that. I honestly think you can because like there, if you can train a dog's sense to, because dogs have an incredible sense of smell, obviously. But, but it you is can, you can trainable t- too. Train it to, to yeah. hone in. I think you can do the same thing with people. What you were saying about feeling, you know, like your happiness and your sense of self depends on your sense of smell that also made me think like could we actually enrich the quality of our own lives by enriching the sense around us (laughs) and actually like when people say stop and smell the roses like holy crap i always (laughs) thought about that as the significant piece is stopping yeah but i never really thought about that as the significant piece is smelling (laughs) right so like can we in our lives add in more complex enjoyable you know stimulating sense i think we can learn to love stuff like that because this is gonna sound gross but i don't care uh for any dog owner one of our dogs meatball he's the newest addition um he he has pretty bad gas and uh we call them meat bombs um or bean bombs uh and and he's just he's completely shameless about it and proud even perhaps. proud and you don't you don't hear them uh, which i would love to because you get a warning or something <laughs> you just like inundated uh with the smell but i've learned to not appreciate or love his smells but it's but a positive association because you're like oh, there like, oh there's meatball and that's my little boy and well, he's we, happy we had our, our first dog scarlet was quite stinky and <laughs> yeah. i just remember being like oh my god this dog is so stinky and then I stayed home for the first like two weeks. I think I worked from home yeah. when we first got her, and then I had to go to work. And I was just like, "Oh, I miss her." I stinky miss her smell, smell. yeah, because she so, she yeah. had it like caked on. And even after she passed away, like getting rid of her blankets was really hard for me. I kept one under the couch, yeah, for about. Oh, that's why our uh, house kept smelling bad. Yeah, well, not kept smelling bad. I just wouldn't <laughs> throw it away. I couldn't yeah. because like, and. And it wasn't until we we got rid of it, and then we ended up finding Huckleberry, who actually smells like a little flower. Like she uh, smells amazing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, a takeaway for me is like pausing to reconnect with the hmm. the like portal that scent provides, both into connection with our own memories and connection with others. That's that's amazing. That's beautiful. I like that. I like like just what we talked about earlier about get allowing it to take you back to a place or mm. a connect to someone or connect to a time. Stop and smell each other. Stop. 
<laughs> and some people you don't have a choice. So some people you don't have to stop. Some people you can just. I'd say another takeaway for me is just really having empathy for the many invisible disabilities people experience that impact, you know, even the smallest of daily interactions. Like I mm. never pause to think whether someone's sense of smell is impacting their well-being. No, because how would you know? Like, there's no sign. There's no visual sign or outward sign to yeah. tell you that, that someone is... Or even thinking about, like, early times of COVID, could it have been that one of the reasons people felt so lonely and disconnected is because we couldn't smell each other? No. Social odors. That was pretty good. I'm... That was a pretty good time. <laughs> For you. It was a but I bet. I bet that's part of it. Oh, we didn't even talk about certain smells that bring about a whole other path to your life. In other words, like, when people smell a baby... Oh. Uh, like, okay, so uh, our, our friends, our dear friends, Andy and Alyssa, had a baby recently, and I didn't pick Lucy up, but I could smell her, and like, that's a good smell, and it, don't, I'm not freaking you out, I'm not saying I want a kid, I'm just <laughs> saying, like, it's like, oh, wow, that's a really good, I can see it, but I know people that, that get a baby, and they're like, you know, like, get get in there and snort it like yeah. crack. Again, and, not universal, because I can tell you, Lucy, I love you, but I do not want to smell yeah. you. <laughs> I have an extreme have an, baby yeah, smell that's, aversion. That's a great... Um, extreme aversion. A, it, but that's a great example of that polarization. You know, most people... I mean, you're the only person I've ever met in my life that doesn't like a baby smell. And I, I know the toughest, that... hardest <laughs> vatos from the thing that'll be like, yeah, whatever, man, you know, like, let me see this baby... I thought, ooh, there it is. You know, like, and they're, they're like, you know, and it just brings out this this thing. But the you're softness, not, yeah, you know. but you're not like that. And you I wonder, actually won't even touch a baby. It's possibly like I think that I don't want kids, and I've like given myself all these good rational reasons for it. But maybe <laughs> I just really hate the smell of kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and our friend Julie and Ryan, like they and, and yeah. Matt and Alicia, I, I can't wait to see their babies. But yeah. uh, when they're eight you, or nine years old, <laughs> <laughs> until but then, think, but at that zoom. Age, but I think at that age, like. Honestly, the, where our nephews are, yeah, um, they're at a smelly age. Yeah, they're at, like boys, uh, like five to ten to twelve. Like I think, I, actually, I think boys over four, uh, <laughs> and until they're like seventeen, really funked out. And, and, and yeah. So yeah, what I will say is my takeaway from what you just said is to again, like, kind of design our lives more deliberately based on. The smells we, <laughs> that make us feel good, the smells yeah. that make us feel bad. But, but and maybe just... if something feels bad, like don't smells bad, don't associate, don't immediately assume that it's bad. Like, could there be a learning that happens? Yeah. Could there be a questioning that happens? I guess my point is that like uh, when you smell something, it could release some kind of like, like something, un- unlock something in you, mm-hmm. you know, like a, like a baby smell. Like, well, that's where, yeah. that's what I was talking about with smell releasing or, or uh, triggering emotion or mm. connection, whether it's but do they But it or, does something biological too, right? There might be like oxytocin released, which is a cuddle chemical. Mm-hmm. I don't know because, again, all I feel is <laughs> extreme aversion and a mild terror. <laughs> so I think that it's probably less of the smell and more of the association with it. Yeah. So sorry I keep going off, uh, 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 you know, uh, on all these different roads. But uh, this is a real, honestly, sense of smell is so important to me. And it has meant so much to me uh, for as long as I can remember. As a matter of fact, my favorite superhero of all time, uh, I have two favorites, Superman and my other favorite of all Smelly time. Smelly Man. <laughs> <laughs> Smelly Man. Just a big nose. No, Wolverine. And oh. what, what I loved about Wolverine was, and I think that's how when I was a kid, I used to practice like 
the way he would do in the comic because he would be like so would walking in the woods. No, he wouldn't squat. <laughs> okay, I squatted squ- the squat. <laughs> but he would like turn around and, and in the panel he'd be like, and then he'd be like, Sabretooth, you know, and Sabretooth would be like behind mm. like a mile away or something so like that. So you had your dad and Wolverine so to look up to. So I had my dad as, and Wolverine and also like, uh, yeah, yeah, to, and Scalp Hunter and all these other guys. They, like they had this incredible sense of smell, Red Wolf, and they would they would like, it was just amazing. And I wanted that. So I used to like yeah. really hone in on things. Like I could smell a colored pencil from a regular pencil. Uh, you know, I could smell, uh, yeah, I, I knew when someone had a, had a fresh box of crayons and an old box of crayons. I actually wonder, you know, you are someone with kind of a freakishly good memory. Like mm-hmm. you'll remember what someone in first grade was wearing and red shirt, blue jeans, <laughs> green sneakers. That's Rick Metters. Okay, and their first and last name and stuff. Like, I can't tell you a single kid in the first time I was in first grade or the second time I was in first grade. I truly don't remember any of that. And I wonder if it's actually goes back to the very developed both, like, talent you have for smelling mm. and skill you've developed in yourself for smelling. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. All right, yeah. listeners, our mission for you this week is to... Smell someone. Smell someone. <laughs> smell someone's smell butt or their mouth, and you tell me <laughs> what we should be doing. Or some roses. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, or some roses. Please share your takeaways with us on Instagram or by email. Be sure to leave a review and pass on the show to someone you know. And smell you later. Smell you later. And with that, we'd like to thank you for listening to Talk, Talk Psych, Psych to, to Me. me.